Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. But I pushed and pulled in vain. The wheels would not turn. It was so the brakes were jammed. And heaven knows they were not, for my bicycle had no brakes. And suddenly overcome by a great weariness, in spite of the dying day when I always felt most alive, I threw the bicycle back into the bush and lay down on the ground, on the grass, careless of the dew. I had never feared the dew. I'm Kim Salmon. I'd like to have a quick word about uh, public radio, particularly 3CR. The thing about public radio is that it's more open than the more formatted types of radio to what's going on around it. So when you listen to it, you're more likely to hear a reflection of real life. And 3CR being in the heart of Smith Street, Collingwood, is a particularly good example of what I'm talking about. If you'd like to uh, subscribe... The number is 94198377. You've been listening to the sand. You could never understand. Feel the fortune flowing. You know it isn't stuck. And you're listening to the Arabug Radio Show here on 3CR. Podcasting streaming or listening on that transistor in the kitchen. Many thanks to Amy Goodman, Democracy Now!, the War and Peace Report. We've got a bit of a show. We've got a lockdown show here, so we're reaching into a little bit of a book review coming up, a little bit on the history of the wattle and the bad people on bicycles and our usual and our good bicycle moments. And... I'm joined on the tandem this morning by Faith. Faith, the bicycle moment that's brought you out of that lockdown, I don't know, lockdown lazy, no, no, Lock- lockdown, <laughs> whatever. On weed. It's on weed, Val, not laziness. Yes. I did have a, a, a little bit of a... I suppose I've had the same moment a couple of times. Um, as some listeners may be aware, the the sections of the upfield path that have been shut due to the level crossing project uh, for eighteen months reopened recently, and uh, that's been wonderful. Being able to ride just straight up rather than via various circuitous tours um and uh enjoying the new spaces it's you know there's some issues and settling in issues i think with some sections but um honestly the first time you rode up there again on this uh just having so much more space than on the older sections of the upfield uh that was yeah my bike moment 
Yeah, take away that claustrophobic feeling on that path, which is always a bit, it can be, get your heart up a little bit sometimes. Well, and, and it is that claustrophobia, I think is the right word. It's that sense of being very constrained and not being able so much to enjoy the ride because you you have to be, you're so yeah. close to any pedestrians and or a wall. <laughs> and, <laughs> And, and I, I remember certainly in the days where I used to have to ride it with a, a small child, you know, there's just this added stress level. So there's a nice long section. I think it's 2.5 or so kilometres. Yeah. Much improved. It's, you know, the pedestrians and bikes are separated for several sections. Yeah. Um, Pedestrians do seem to prefer the bike path, and I think there's a few reasons for that, at some of which are temporary, and there will be little settling in issues, I think, at different points. But no, it's a it's vast improvement and certainly better than riding the alternatives, the, the temporary detours. Yeah. Um, well, that's great. Um, look, the uh, I've heard, this is a wonderful time of the year, and we're having it a little bit earlier. But um, the um, old elms around the area all starting to bounce back in the life of lovely. My, my little loop round here is down along the Arab back in around the, around the botanical gardens and back home. But all those old trees starting to burst back in the life is uh, great. It can be a... Um, I've got to be careful on the Arab Trail sometimes on Sundays. It would, it's great. It's jam-packed. So that's very good. Yeah, <laughs> and have you, have you hey, spotted um, Samson the seal in the era? Is it Samson? What's no, that? yeah, I haven't. I've been watching. Um, um, we're watching the Falcons in the city late a couple uh, more eggs, so they're yeah. going back again. Yep, so close that's good. Mine, um, closer to bike riding the Falcons, I think that they're soaring. <laughs> Gravity free. Yes. Gravity, yes. <laughs> hey, hey, listen, before I forget, I should, um, as fitting for um, a lockdown show, that quote from the top of the show was from Samuel Beckett, of course. Waiting, It's not from Waiting for Godot, but we might as well be Waiting for Godot. And if you're listening to this on the 6th of September, it is International Read-A-Book Day, which always brings to mind Groucho Marx's greatest quote. Outside of a dog, a man's best friend is a book. Inside a dog, it's too dark to read. Hi, I've got three items of news to do with you. First up, I'm going to be discussing the Active Transport Advisory Committee and then uh, Collins Street Bridge with uh, the Gipps Street access issues is going to the planning process uh, stage at City of Yarra. And then I have a chat about e-scooter trial in four council areas across Victoria for the next 12 months, including Yarra. Uh, you may be familiar with uh, Yarra Council having a bicycle advisory committee. Now, uh, if you've been watching uh, developments over the last probably two years, 18 months, that's uh, reconvening or being redeveloped as a active transport advisory committee. In recognition of the climate emergency, the active transport advisory committee provides council with advice to 
support its objective of reducing car dependency in the community and increasing the use of active transport throughout the municipality. Now, what does the car community actually do? Well, it's actually broadened its scope from the old uh, terms of reference. The Active Transport Committee provides advice and recommendations to councils in matters of relevance to travel throughout the area and by providing means of self-powered active transport such as bicycles, kick scooters, skateboards, walking slash running. And at the moment, the council is asking for members to join the expressions of interest to join the Active Transport uh, Advisory Committee. They are seeking nominations, and uh, that's on their website. And the uh, yeah, it goes into pretty much the same details. You can also contact the council on info at Yarra City. That's all one word. dot vic. dot gov. dot au, or go to the news section on the Yarra Council website, which is yarracouncil.vic.gov.au. .gov.au and look up expressions of interest to join the Active Transport Advisory Committee and there's an uh, expression of interest form to download and send back to them. Expressions of interest close at 5pm on Friday the 10th of September. Now the next bit that may interest you is uh, that the long-running uh, Gipps Street Street accessibility issues have now gone to the planning permit stage at City of Yarra. Now, again with um, Yarrabug, uh, oh, oh, would have been about almost 16 years ago we did a, a day down there advising people of you know uh, the issues on the on the. Uh, <laughs> On that area, it's if you're not familiar with it, and if you're outside Melbourne, it's a big concrete staircase uh, at the end of a bridge at between Abbotsford and Kew, and it's a cul-de-sac. It's where the main Yarra Trail just basically stops, and there's a concrete uh, staircase. Now, the issue with this is we've got a lot of landowners, a lot of, well, I should say, land managers, and also it's a massive engineering issue. It's an accessibility issue. It's not just cyclists. We know that. And um, unfortunately, the situation that uh, Gipps Street has been you know, dragging on for years about, or decades, uh, it pales into insignificance when you look what's happened with Warmler Street Bridge. You may remember that um, the Warmler Street Bridge uh, Coalition, which Yarrabug was a member of, or still is, I should say, uh, we had a whole bunch of campaigns and stuff with that last two, three years, and it's just dissolved to, well, I should say, activity has reached an impasse. And Walmer Street, that, that bridge, again, between Kew and Abbotsford, that issue stretches back to the 1990s. And I think I've said on the show probably a couple of times, it's amazing where you get these relatively moderately priced bits of infrastructure and you know technically engineeringly engineering wise it's difficult but they lag they lag for decades and yet within the space of five years we could have massive pieces of road infrastructure and PPPs and all that sort of stuff just you know shoved through but anyway uh, if you go to the Yarrabug website there's a whole bunch of back history on that including the uh, City of Yarra advised planning application, and that's PLN 21 slash 0208. The responsible authority won't make a decision before, well, this is in the past, Tuesday the 31st of August 2021. And if you go to the page, we've got a whole bunch of back history. It's no 
um, means exhaustive. If uh, yeah, there's been a lot of false starts. 2008, there were there was they were looking at a design for Clark Street to go across there as a bypass. Didn't happen. 2011, when Cadell Evans won the Tour de France, there was like. Um, Maybe it was going to get a bit more momentum then, and then it just dribbled out. And you know, you can, you can have a look at all the back of it, but I think it's still going to go through a design process, uh, unfortunately. So, I'll hope, uh, like a lot of other users, that uh, works commence before the end of the electoral uh, period for this current state government. It'd be a good thing for it to happen, and it'd also be wise for the powers that be, you know, Parks Vic, state government, the I know the councils have been pushing this for an incredible long time, but to reevaluate that entire area, and then the Abbotsford Q area, because of you know development and, well, not just development, more people are living there, so they should have better facilities, and trying to get around there by car access when it's older designed streets. Uh, you've got a river, you've got yeah. These things should really have something like a over, you know, like a precinct plan or like, I don't know if something like that exists, but it'd be good if uh, this was taken to a higher level and given better impetus, seeing that we're having a population increase in the area. Another bit of local news is that Yarra is one of four um, local government areas to get a um, e-scooter trial and uh, they're having a 12-month e-scooter trial across four Victorian government areas and that includes Yarra. So you may have differing opinions on e-scooters. Uh, well, in the last uh, show I did on Yarra Bug Radio, we're talking about e-bikes as in e-cargo bikes. So yeah, uh, the trial will be run across the cities of Yarra, Melbourne, Port Phillip and Ballarat. And as an important opportunity to test this new and emerging mode of transport. Part of this trial, e-scooters will be limited to low speed roads, up to including 50 kilometres per hour, bicycle lanes, bicycle paths, separated and shared paths. E-scooters will not be permitted on footpaths and high speed roads. Further information about the trial, including how residents and local transport users can access e-scooters, will be made available on Yarra's website shortly and as I said uh, Yarra Council or one word dot vic dot gov dot au We'll be back after this little break and we'll be back with a couple of um, interesting things 3CR would like to thank our Yarrabug program sponsor, Backrose Second Chance Cycles, for their financial support. Second Chance Cycles is a fantastic community workshop that recycles bikes, trains people in bike mechanics and sells bikes to the local community. If you have a healthcare card, they'll give you a bike free of charge. To find out more, search for Vacro online or drop into the underground car park, Harmsworth Street, Collingwood, any Thursday or Friday. And you're back listening to the Yarrabug Radio Show with Val and Faith. It's International Reader Book Day. And Val, I believe you've been reading. I have. And let me just read you something. I wasn't new to this game. Every cyclist, even a beginner, 
knows that at one time or another he will have to encounter with a car door. Could open in front of him at any time, from the right, the left, at the moment when he least expects it, at a bend in the street, at a junction right in the middle of a straight and clear road. As an urban cyclist, I have a complete collection of present, right door, left door, high door from a lolly, low door from a convertible, all accompanied by a range of reactions. From extremely rare, I'm sorry, to you've scratched my paint. This is one of, this is from Paul Fornell's lovely little book called Need for the Bike. And I would best describe it as a collection of vignettes on little aspects of his life growing up in rural France and learning to ride a bike with his father and then continuing to ride a bike throughout his career. Very French. Um, if you've got a little bit of a and uh, knowledge of some of those French cycling heroes from those days. There are a couple of little, I'm going to say, mini biographies where he's putting himself in their shoes. And it really does come, in some of them it comes across really quite nicely and sums up that, does sum up that sort of, I'm going to call it that peculiar French nostalgia for past heroes. Um, and, and who who does he do that with? Um, so I tell he, he does with um, one of the um, Venezuelan um, uh, uh, writers. Where where are we? Uh, oh God, Faith, you got me now. I should, I don't know <laughs> okay, this. that's okay. Um, Kel on here. One. There are about two or three of them. Actually, it makes a very funny comment about Lucem Bobet at one stage, which I find very funny, describing him as a grumpy old, old pissant of an old man, which was, I found, delightful. <laughs> but um, the friend who lent it to me, that passage on the uh, car dooring, virtually about the first, I'm going to say, eighth of the book and the first sort of half dozen of his lovely little vignettes or all of him crashing and going to hospital. <laughs> I said to the friend who lent it to me, I thought, like, this is terrible, this book. All he does is crash all the time. <laughs> There's some horrible stuff in it. But, look, if you can get hold of it, it is very much worth a read. Um, I must admit I'll have to chase down his other book because uh, I'm a little bit interested in Shark. He had a very... Um, strange French life when he was uh, the champion. Uh, so that'll be interesting. But on International Reader Book Day, it's a very nice little book and it takes a, takes you out of uh, back to the post-war French period, the lovely stories about him growing up and his first collision with another bicyclist when he ran tire to tire with a woman loaded up with groceries and bread and wine. <laughs> so, um, For um, the listeners, what was the title again and who wrote The title it? again, Need for the Bike. Need for the Paul, Bike. Paul Fornell, F-O-U-R-N-E-L. Okay. Well, since you've um, mentioned books, <laughs> yeah. I, have a couple, I have a couple here. Um it's and, and maybe these aren't reviews because two of them I haven't actually read, but uh, they might interest uh, 
some of our listeners on uh, International Reader Book Day. One I just spotted in a shop and picked it up and added it to the ever-lengthening pile next to the bed. Um, it's by James Hibbard and it's called The Art of Cycling, Philosophy, Meaning and a Life on Two Wheels. Whoa, there we go. Yes, I thought you might like this. It's described yeah. as a meditative love letter to the sport of cycling. The art of cycling traces the journey of a formal professional racer regaining his love for the sport and shows how cycling can shed new light on age-old questions of selfhood, meaning and purpose. And, uh, you know, there's, there's a, bit, a bit of Heidegger and uh, a few other <laughs> favourites in here. So this is why I sort of uh, couldn't walk past it. Um, so I haven't read that yet, but it, it looks really interesting. Accessible to everyone from the hardened racer to the casual fan engages the history of thought through the lens of cycling. So um, that's yeah. the thing. And another book I have here in the pile, I've had it for a few months now, is Curbing Traffic, The Human Case for Fewer Cars in Our Lives. And this is, of course, by Melissa and Chris Brontlett, who we had on our show, must be two years ago now. It is, yeah. Um, so that is, uh, you know, uh, the, the case for less cars and uh, communities and cities that uh, enable getting around by bike. And one that I have read, <laughs> and so have several other people, but maybe not recently, is Cycles and Cycling by H. Hewitt Griffin with a chapter for ladies by Miss Elsie Davidson. And this was published in London in 1893. Ah, and they were very big on the how-to guides in those days, wasn't it? It was... Yeah, because it was so new for so many people. Mm. Yeah, and, and particularly for the ladies. So um, <laughs> there, there was a lot of encouragement and a lot of... I mean, you can still, when you go in the bookshop, there are still how-to books, particularly yeah. people who are interested in the sportier side of it, you know, training. And and this yeah. has chapters on, um, let's have a look, the chapters. It's part of a series. So some are on cricket or um, archery. Oh, ah, archery, yes. Right. And this has um, got, you know, your early history. It has a bit of the history, the progress of the modern cycle in 1893. Um, tires of the times, mm. learning to ride, racing and training and cycling for ladies. So, um, and the ladies chapter includes, it's very similar advice. I mean, there's some difference in the sense of you know, making sure your clothing is a bit more suitable. There are more considerations there but yes it, it is by the looks of it a, a very well read but also well looked after book one that I acquired just recently so um yeah another one for international reader day day that's um <clears throat> the um that's an interesting 
on the that trove page that um, um, the wattle feed was on, mm-hmm. there are some results from some cycling in those days. And those boys were backing them. So they were winning 200, 300 pound on races because they were betting them, backing themselves and yeah. match races against other people. And they were make, winning small fortunes. It was like, you know, the only probably, uh, well, I'm not sure with legal, but it was the only sort of gambling that there was around. It was quite funny. I think there was quite a bit of gambling on horses. Oh, yeah. Yeah. But this is, these are side bets that I'm the biggest thing. You put up 200 and I'll race you to, you know, so and so. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and th- they were races as well, but these people would all be having side bets against each other. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Which brings us back to we missed September the 1st, which was Australia's National Wattle Day. He rose at morn and sped from town, astride his dusty unwashed wheel, his aim to tear the wattle down, the fiend who cannot think or feel. He left the city far behind, his wide mouth wider as he laughed. A push of brother things I'll find will load our bikes from fore to They tore from off its native hedge the golden glory of our roads, they gave their knives a keener edge to pile their cruel vandal loads. And on the frames and handlebars they bound the wealth of fragrant flower, nor saw the sorrow of the stars when scorching home at evening hour. They filled the gym crack vase or two and flung the rest away. What odds those nature lovers knew they'd get some wattle any day. But in the name of great Dunlop, is there no power that can appall and shunt those vandals neck and crop till they're done lopping once for all? And treat the fiend in fitting way, there's but one way to deal with him. Behind a wattle hedge someday, they'll tear him wildly limb from limb. The wattle fiends. And that's all we have time for today. 3CR relies on the support of its listeners to stay on the air. So if you can make a donation or subscribe, you can do so at 3cr.org.au. Coming up next is... When you start to feel that tingle down your spine When these wheels start to spin There ain't no place I would rather be right now our journey's bound to begin All your doubts and hesitations Sick of thought, well Just let them go You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.